Wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes, 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 yes. For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! What's going on, guys? Welcome back to WrestleRant Radio for Thursday, September 16, 2021. I am Graham G. Matthews. Hope you guys are doing well. And what a week in wrestling. I mean, we had the revamp of NXT 2.0 on Tuesday. We're going to get into that here today. In addition to last night's Dynamite, a huge Arthur Ashe Stadium show on tap for next week from AEW. Um, but above all else, we got a new WWE champion, and his name is Big E. We got him back here on WrestleRant Radio here today to talk all about the big night on Monday, becoming the new WWE champion, if he thought he would ever cash in unsuccessfully, um, how he got to this point, his ascent over the last year, why the New Day will never break up, a great answer on that front. He's talking about black wrestling and so much more, a lot of great insight from Big E here on today's show. And I've actually had the chance to speak to Big E as I tell him in our interview, over the last year and a half, like four times. This was the fourth time since August of 2020. And like the first time, he had just broke off on his own. The second time, he was Intercontinental Champion going into WrestleMania 37. Uh, the third time was just two months ago. I think we aired the interview here on the show when he had just won the Money in the Bank briefcase. And this time, he's the new WWE Champion. So if there's a fifth time, I'm not sure what's next, if it's becoming the, like, the chairman of the company or what. But this guy's on cloud nine right now. He deserves it. He's awesome. We got him back on... Wrestle Rant Radio here today for an exclusive interview. We dropped first on Bleach Report on on Tuesday or Wednesday rather. Drop first thing on Wednesday on Bleach Report and also an audio form over on my YouTube channel, youtube.com backslash Graham GSM Matthew. So if you want to get these interviews as soon as they drop, whether it be on Daily DDT or Bleach Report, what culture would have you. Subscribe to the channel and never miss an interview every time they're uploaded. One real quick note before we get started here, you can check out new episodes of WrestleRant Radio every Thursday right here on WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Podbean, and Google Podcast. You can rate the show, review the show, and subscribe to the show. Never miss an episode every single Thursday. Here without further ado, guys, my exclusive interview with the new WWE Champion, Big E. All right, what's going on, guys? Graham G.S. and Matthews here from Bleach Report WrestleRant Radio. And today we're talking to the new WWE champion as of Monday's Raw. Big E, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Absolutely, man. We're coming off less than 12 hours ago. You're the new WWE champion. What's running through your mind right now? Uh, the fact that I need some sleep. That is, that's, that's my thought. But no, it's been... It's been a whirlwind, man. Just, uh, man, the outpouring of love has been almost overwhelming, but I'm so grateful for fans, for my peers, for everyone who's sent texts or DMs or, you know, even just seeing reaction videos on, on Twitter um, has been extremely humbling. So I'm just, I'm so thankful. So the last time that we spoke was right after you won the Money in the Bank briefcase, which was less than two months ago, which is wild to even think about because the time just kind of flies by. And you were saying at that point that a lot, you know, a lot like when you won the tag titles for the first time, or maybe it was the second time after SummerSlam 2015, I think you said with the New Day 
Um, you kind of had that moment in your hotel room to really let it sink in. You had that when you won Money in the Bank. Did you have that last night as well after becoming WWE champion? Yeah, no, I definitely had. Uh, I'm, I'm so grateful again. Like the fact that Copen Woods were there for that. So we, uh, you know, I had a moment with them um, afterwards after the show went off the air, doing interviews and whatnot, just having that moment with them. And then, you know, just getting back to uh, my hotel about one in the morning and man, even um, just sharing things with my friends who so many of them had been along. So, you know, all these years for the journey and had been so supportive of me. Um, so, yeah, I just I had a moment at the hotel where I was struggling to get some sleep for the next couple hours, still buzzing. That very familiar feeling you were, you were mentioning, you know, a similar feeling to how it was uh, in Brooklyn after SummerSlam in mm-hmm. 2015. So yeah, it's, uh, I, yeah, it's been a moment to, and I, it's really, for me, the, the buzzword that comes to mind is gratitude. I, I'm just mm-hmm. extremely grateful. Uh, so, you know, no one gets here alone. There's so many people who helped me grow. And, you know, I did an interview and I talked about, you know, Michael Tarver back in like 2010, who sat with me and helped me better understand how I should carry myself and how he saw me and he's just wearing like black Superman. And I didn't, you know, he believed in me probably more than I believed in myself. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and there's so many people along the way who just helped me in my craft, who supported me. And uh, I'm grateful for all of them. Because like I said, I, just, I don't get here without them. And obviously, you know, Woods and Co. are the first two that come to mind. And uh, I'm grateful for everyone who's helped me. Well, that's awesome, man. Well, you mentioned Michael Tarver right there. That's a hell of a throwback for fans that have been watching for a long time. And I know, obviously, you've mentioned New Day quite a bit as well. You mentioned that on Raw Talk last night. Every opportunity you get, every interview you do, you always mention how you guys were struggling to make TV. And uh, look at where you are today. The new WWE champion, Kofi, was just champion two years ago. So it's cool to say. I know you've also mentioned before that with compliments and stuff like that, you're not the best. You don't know how to handle it. You don't know how to, you know, respond to a type of thing. Did you have like a weird feeling getting all like, the timeline last night was blowing up even more so than when you won money in the bank. I think people kind of knew what was coming at that point, obviously cashing into becoming champion, but you don't know that it's going to happen until it happens. So you mentioned the feedback that you got. Is it kind of like a weird thing too, that you don't know how to respond to all of it and it's just overwhelming or is it all just positivity? No. So I, you know, I've really, I'm, I'm working on, on being better at accepting compliments um, <laughs> because I, I'm, I'm someone who very much believes in um, giving people their flowers while they can still smell them. And uh, if I'm, if I'm going to preach that, uh, I, I need to do a better job of accepting it. So um, that's been the focus for me is just, uh, just accepting everything. And it's, it's been so, so beautiful. It's been so much positivity uh, and everyone being so incredibly kind and, and thoughtful. And uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm very grateful for, for all of it. So you mentioned after Raw went off the air, you had this celebration moment with the fans. Kofi and Woods are out there, which was just a great moment to close the show than what happened after the show as well. But you walk through the backstage area. What does that area look like with the outpouring of support that you must have gotten as the new WWE champion? Oh, it was beautiful. Uh, you know, it was, it's late. Uh, it's after 11 by the time I was done glad handing and, and thanking everyone at ringside. You know, it was almost, you know, probably almost 11.30. Um, but Gorilla was still full of people there, uh, you know, talent and producers and, and so many people um, who were there and, and supportive. And uh, so, yeah, it's it's awesome getting love from your peers, you know, people who are great at their craft and who work hard, too. And uh, and uh, yeah, so Gorilla was definitely full. And, uh, and again, 
I, I, I'm trying to think of other words besides grateful, <laughs> but it keeps coming back to that. I mean, that's the, probably the best word to use. I mean, so you, you get past that, you walk through Gorilla. What's your phone look like when you're picking that up and you're seeing all these messages, tweets, text calls? What's your phone looking like after you become a champion? I had 144 missed texts. Um, that is not to mention any of the Twitter DMs, uh, any of the Twitter messages, any of the Instagram DMs, anything else. So there's a lot to get back to uh, to everyone. But uh, I, I'm so grateful for every single message. And I don't want to take any of those for granted. I'm still working on going through. We had a, I had a four-hour ride from Boston to Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. And I still couldn't get through all the messages. So uh, for anyone I haven't got back to, I'm sorry. I'm working on it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's a part of me keeps waiting for the other shoe to drop. Surely there's got to be some uh, a ton of <laughs> negative messages somewhere. And maybe it's the quality filters that are that are keeping them from my eyes. But everyone has been so overwhelmingly positive. Well, I can tell you, man, being from a coming from a fan perspective, I don't think those negative messages exist. I mean, I, I've seen we've seen a lot of cash ins, we've seen a lot of title wins, and there's been some great support for a lot of former champions. I haven't seen it quite to this level for you becoming champion, my man, and just how well liked you are among the fan base, and I'm sure among your peers as well. It's just an amazing thing to say. Um, any surprising people you're like, I can't believe this person messaged me or this person I haven't heard from in a long time. Uh, you know, just all, all the feedback that you've gotten from that and, and people that you weren't expecting to hear from that you probably never thought you would hear from again. Uh, you know, there, there's some people like that for sure. Uh, for the most part, it's, it's a lot of people that I still regularly, fairly regularly talk to. But yeah, man, I, I'll always geek for Rick Flair sex. I, I got a Rick Flair sex uh, a few months ago. Oh, for Money in the Bank, he texted me. And, uh, and he, he texted me again last night. So that's always when, uh, you know, it's, it's Ric Flair. It's, again, a Ric Flair sex is pretty, pretty ridiculous. So um, that one I was grateful for. But yeah, there, um, you know, there are people who used to work here um, that, that did reach out and uh, said some really positive things. Um, AJ Lee, who I still, you know, talk to fairly regularly too, and definitely consider her a friend. She reached out and said some really beautiful things. So um, everyone, everyone has just been so incredibly nice and yeah. Again, I'm trying. I'm trying to get better at not <laughs> bristling and squirming and deflecting. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm working on that. That's cool, man. I mean, for the fact that you won it at the Garden in Boston, I've seen many shows there. I went to college in that area. I saw you and Kofi defend the tag titles there at TLC six years ago at this point in that amazing ladder match against the Lucha Dragons and I think the Usos. Um, among any other matches, you faced John Cena for the United States Championship there a few years ago as well. Um, was there any significance to have that moment? in that building for you in the Boston area, or is it just kind of another arena? No, no, for sure. I mean, the garden is legendary, but also I have so much family there. My mom went to DC and Tufts. I have so many of like my mom's side of the family who moved to Boston. My sister, unfortunately, because it's so last minute, uh, she didn't have enough time, but she she lives there. Um, My other sister used to live in Boston, but she just moved uh, to work on her doctorate um, in, in Maryland. But, yeah, so I have a lot of Boston connections too. Obviously, Kofi, uh, you know, he's born in Ghana, but so much of his life grew up in Boston. Uh, so there are a lot of Boston connections. Um, so yeah, and uh, it was it felt cool to do it there. So you mentioned before about having you know that other shoe potentially drop, and you're kind of waiting for it to drop now. Were you waiting for that after you became Money in the Bank two months ago? Because it's a, obviously a pretty strong track record of people that have cashed in to become champion. But in recent years, you know, Otis had won it. He didn't become champion among other people. Are you thinking in the back of your mind, there's a chance they won't cash in and you're not kind of getting your hopes up until it happens? Like you weren't 
let's say you weren't getting too excited until you actually became champion or what was going through your mind even at that point? Um, I didn't really worry too much about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say not, not to sound arrogant, but people would have been upset if I failed my taxes. <laughs> and I, I, just, yeah. I like, yeah, it would have been, a, it would not have been a good move. So uh, I, I didn't think that was really going to happen. I thought, you know, you never know. It's always a possibility. But uh, it, also for me, I kind of see it as um, uh, not a, it's just a wasteful, not positive emotion or mm-hmm. character trait to, to worry about those things that I can't control. So, you know, I just tried to, to do the best I could while I had the, the briefcase. And of course, it was very, it was briefly stolen from me, so I had to get it back quickly. But I, I didn't spend too much time worrying about it, uh, mostly because I felt like it was inevitable. Well, I can back that up, man. I think it would have been incredibly dumb had you cashed in and, and, and it not worked out. <laughs> and it made for an amazing moment on Monday. Thankfully, that did not happen. We yeah. got what we got. You mentioned earlier how last minute it was. Um, you mentioned your sister, stuff like that. Talk to me about how last minute this was, because obviously you announced on Twitter um, in the afternoon that you'd be cashing in later that night and on Raw. Obviously, we've seen you on SmackDown for the last year. You've teased both champions, <clears throat> but more largely Roman Reigns interacting with Paul Heyman. How last minute was last night's whole ordeal? Well, uh, I did not even, so I was, you know, when I started this loop, my intention was I was supposed to be home uh, Monday morning uh, mm-hmm. after the live event Sunday. And uh, so, yeah, I, you know, realized I was going to raw kind of last minute and thought, you know, let's, uh, so that was a bit of a last minute decision. And, uh, you know, there was also the option of maybe, hey, I go out there and, just do some teasing and then, uh, you know, I'll come back later when it's time to actually cash in or go back to SmackDown and cash in there. So, you know, I wasn't really sure. It was really kind of like an afternoon that day decision. Um, and uh, then it all happened very, very quickly. So, yeah, this definitely for me was not something that was set in stone days and days ahead. Mm-hmm. And it's cool, too, because we've seen so many cash-ins over the years, but I don't know if I can recall a single time where someone has said earlier in the day, I mean, people have said, oh, I'll cash in at this pay-per-view, blah, blah, blah. But no one has ever said, I'm going to cash in on this show tonight and then actually gone on to cash in because, you know, you never know what might happen. It might not actually happen or, you know, whatever, um, because it's live TV, but you cashed in, you became champion. That was really cool. So take me through that mindset and how unique of a of a cash in it was. It wasn't just the surprise cash in. I mean, it got people excited looking forward to Raw. It was a great way to close the show. The reaction was awesome. Uh, kind of talk me through that and how cool it was to kind of announce your cash in in advance, cash in and, you know, actually cash in and not only that, but become champion. Yeah. So I'm, I'm a big proponent of uh, setting your intentions uh, to start the day. So I mm-hmm. thought, why not set my intentions to become a world champion? But, um, you know, it's, uh, it, I, I just want to do things uniquely. You know, I, I think a lot of people clamored for me to be a world champion or to be in this position, but that I needed to be more serious and to fit a certain mold. And my thing as a performer is I, uh, and one of the lessons I learned as a member of the New Day in our journey was, honestly, it was so much more rewarding to do it our way. There's so many people who told us back in 2014 that we needed to be a certain way or to carry ourselves a certain way or uh, even that that Kofi should get rid of me and would. Uh, So we were stubborn about wanting to do things our way and Mm -hmm. in a way that felt right and genuine to us. And uh, those are lessons that I carried over as a singles competitor. And uh, I I want my run to feel unique. I don't want to feel like I had to 
shave off the edges of who I am to, mm-hmm. to fit a certain mold. And uh, yeah, so it felt like a bit of a unique way to, to handle the cash in. And uh, I also want my my championship run to, to have a bit of that same feeling, to feel a little bit different than everyone else's. So that's my hope. Yeah, not only that, too. I mean, the gradual the gradual ascent that you've had over the last year is just amazing. I mean, we've spoken five, I've, I've spoken to you four times over the last year. The first one being after you first went to SmackDown, kind of branched off on your own. The second time as Intercontinental Champion going into WrestleMania. The last time as Money in the Bank two months ago, and that was the WWE Champion. So your thoughts on not only being WWE Champion now, but the ascent that it took to get there. And you don't ordinarily see that nowadays. I feel some people just kind of skyrocket to the top or kind of have to really, it takes a couple of years. I mean, obviously you've been here for a very long time, but uh, kind of take me through that process of starting out on SmackDown and then gradually working your way up to this point. And then it for all just kind of fall into place the way that it did. Uh, I, I think the thing that I love is that it feels earned. Um, mm-hmm. I know, you know, there are parts of me, I look back at that, you know, my initial ascent into the main roster, and there are times where I thought, you know, I was ready. But uh, in many ways, you know, I'm not going to say I wasn't ready for the main roster. I felt like I was, but maybe at times I wasn't as ready as I thought. So uh, I I feel like in many ways I've grown as a performer um, on the mic. I've grown in ring. I'm just more comfortable than I was even a couple years ago. And uh, so... I, I really have enjoyed this run because it feels earned. And mm-hmm. Ed texted me something pretty, pretty similar to that. Like, you know, it, it's sweeter because it took so long. And uh, I, you know, maybe, it, maybe it would have also felt as good if this happened three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wouldn't go out of my way to change anything. I, I'm glad it wasn't easy. Um, and I think that's a big reason that so many people are behind me because it's such uh, a long time coming that it's not, uh, you know, I wasn't skyrocketed to the very top out of the gate, but it took me some time to get here. And, uh, and I'm appreciative for all the, the missteps, the ups and the downs and, and all of it. it. It led me to this position now and, and I'm grateful for, for all that. I wouldn't change anyway. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like you said, everything happens for a reason. It was a lot like Kofi's story as well, being in WWE for over 10 years, 11 years, whatever it was at that point. And you've been here for on the main roster anyway, and you've been in the company for a lot longer than that, but on the main roster for almost a decade, nine years coming up this December and uh, your WWE champion. So it's really cool to see. And like you said, I think the longer it takes sometimes, the more it's going to mean ultimately. Um, But you mentioned before, like people were saying in the beginning, oh, you got to be more serious in order to become a world champion. Obviously you proved them wrong on that. People thinking, oh, the New Day has to split up for anyone to become champion. You guys proved them wrong on that. Why are there still people thinking? I mean, even going into the show last night when you announced your cash and I was still seeing people saying that, oh, maybe Kofi's going to turn on Biggie and cost him the briefcase. Why are still people <laughs> thinking that you guys are going to break up? It's been seven years at this point. It's not happening. Yeah, I don't I don't know why either. I mean, there's, there's so many other routes um, to go that I think work because if we had listened to people or people got their way years ago mm-hmm. when, and, and we broke up, you know, I'm not saying like Kobe still obviously would have deserved uh, his world championship run, but we wouldn't have been able to tell that story in the same way. I just think, you know, us even beyond our selfish desire to be together because we, we love being together. We mm-hmm. love each other. Uh, I just think it gives you more options. Now we got to tell the story of brotherhood. You know, we got to go through this tag team gauntlet match two years ago to earn another man a world championship run that to me is so unique and not many people could pull it off well just because we have such a long 
story together because we reiterate every moment we can how much we love each other. So uh, I think telling a different story, a story of a brotherhood, three guys who didn't grow up as blood brothers, but we, we found a real bond with each other, uh, it gives us options. And now because we're so resistant to these, you know, ideas and inclinations to break us up or turn on each other, now you have this opportunity where we can look across the pond uh, or look across the brand and, and see a potential incredible rivalry with the bloodline. Mm-hmm. We also, you know, if, if it's up to me, the Hurt Business is getting back ASAP. That's another possibility. You know, those yep. guys are... So now we, ha- we have these multiple options. And the beautiful thing is you can do singles matches. You can do tag matches. You can do six man. You just have so many options to tell so many great stories. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that we, we fought every dire, every instance of, of people wanting us to turn on each other. Um, it's just not something that... Just, just don't hold your breath. It's, it's over. Just let, let all your, let, let it all go. Let all that stuff go because uh, that, that's not in the cards for it. Yeah, I think maybe just because it's wrestling and people think, oh, everyone's got to turn on each other at some point. And not, not in every single instance. And obviously, you guys have been the exception to the role in that case. Um, not just with fans, but I know you mentioned in an interview, I think with TalkSport a couple of months ago, going to Money in the Bank, that there was a pitch for you guys to break up from the top. I don't know, maybe it was around Kofi's time as champion, you know, for that whole turn to happen. Is that even still being pitched to this? Not to this day, but like up to recent times? Or is that something even the companies realize, listen, all right, we're not going to do this because they're just, they just, we think it'd be a bad idea. Uh, it's honestly something that I haven't even heard uh, mm-hmm. recently, so I'm not even sure. But uh, I, I'm assuming that people just know how we feel and uh, aren't going to push it. But there, there honestly, there are a lot of a lot of things to consider beyond that. It just doesn't make a lot of sense. You're talking about the end of the New Day podcast and all yeah. the opportunities uh, that we're currently in, all the potential future opportunities. Uh, I just think we're a really unique group. Um, not to pat ourselves on the back too hard, but <laughs> I don't think you see three guys as talented as we are, who are as close as we are in this business, um, that aren't related, that after seven years, we haven't, uh, we're not annoyed with each other. We're not at each other's neck. You know, um, I, I don't know why you would want to waste all of that to do a simple, you know, turn on each other. And then what in six months, you know, yeah. then you've, <laughs> exactly. uh, you've broken up this, this great thing. So it doesn't make much sense to me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Especially long term. It just doesn't make any sense. So you mentioned before, like all the potential matches with the bloodline and a potential hurt business, which w- would be absolutely awesome. I'm not even sure if you know this at this point, but coming off of last night, are you, do you know if you're classified as a raw superstar becoming the WWE champion? Are you taking the title to SmackDown? Do you know what the immediate plan is for your future as champion and what brand you're assigned to, I guess? Uh, that is a great question. My assumption is I am now a raw guy. Mm-hmm. Um, until I hear differently, then, uh, you know, but yes, yeah, that, that's my assumption is now uh, as much. I, I really love my time on Blue, and I think I was on SmackDown with last, at least last four years. Yeah. Um, so really appreciative. I love that show and such an incredible roster. Uh, but now it looks like uh, my time is here on Raw, and I'm excited to to do all the things with, with Cope and Woods. I'm excited for just I mean, there's, there's so many now. There's just a whole avenue of, of different guys that I can mix it up with now. So um, as far as I know, again, I, I want to say 99.5% <laughs> of me, I'm, a, I'm purely a raw guy. But yeah. as I'm sure you know, in this business and in this industry, you, you never really quite know. But yes, exactly. that's, as far as I know, I'm a raw guy. 
Yeah. And I mean, we'll find out for sure. I mean, you could very well be on SmackDown for now. It was just announced last night. We got the draft coming up in a couple of weeks in early October. So literally anything can change between now and then. So we'll find out in due time. Uh, you mentioned earlier, I mean, we, we, when you won Money in the Bank two months ago, we saw all the teases in the last couple of months. You and Paul Heyman kind of teasing at, at Roman, cashing in on him. This whole thing last night was a last minute thing, as you mentioned earlier. Um, so was the, the Paul Heyman teases supposed to be a red herring as far as you knew, or obviously you were leaving your options open as far as who you can cash in on. Um, but were the Paul Heyman teases supposed to be a red herring or was that even lint, uh, even, uh, hinting at a potential, you know, cash in on Roman had the opportunity presented itself whenever that might've been. Uh, it's hard to really say what the intention was, you know, mm-hmm. as far as I know, um, you know, it just made sense to keep your options open, especially if I'm going to be on SmackDown. Uh, why not? Why not do something? And and Paul is such a great foil for for all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I, I called him in an interview. I called him the, the John Stockton of WWE because he's <laughs> he's just dishing out dimes and making me look good and just setting people up. Uh, and that's what he does so so well. So uh, you know, I don't I don't know if it, what the intention was supposed to be. I can't really speak to that because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm kind of in the dark there. But uh, I'm glad you know if we didn't get to go that route with the cash in on Roman. But I'm glad we at least got to you know, lead people that way, have some fun. Uh, and just even, even me just being a part of the stuff with him and Kayla, I'm really enjoying their, their little, their budding rivalry uh, and being able to jump in some of those was, was a lot of fun. But uh, yeah, it was, a bit, I guess it was a bit of a false flag, but I'm not sure if that was the intention always. Yeah, yeah, and it obviously worked out well in the end because it was a massive swerve when we saw you last night become champion. As we wind down here, man, one last, you know, a couple last cool things here, uh, especially last night. It was noted by a lot of people on Twitter, as you probably know, and becoming only the fourth black WWE champion in history, taking the title from only the third black WWE champion in history. Has that sunk in for you yet, making history? I mean, obviously, you did when you won Money in the Bank. We discussed that a few months ago. But as far as last night's accomplishment goes, have you've obviously probably realized that, but how cool is that got to be for you making history? And, and it's uh, at this point, it's just a normal thing, which is also a cool thing as well. Yeah. And I think that's, that's the hope is that it just becomes the norm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I, it's been cool this year. I, I feel like there's a lot of focus on black wrestlers and uh, them getting their due. And, and you know, I guess us, I guess I'm, I'm one of them. So I should say <laughs> us, uh, but yes, that, that is uh it's been a really beautiful thing to see in WWE and outside of WWE. And I love that when, when I look around and I see, uh, you know, first of all, hats off to Bobby on one incredible run. You know, he was, he was a hell of a champion. He looked the part, he performed the part. Uh, I really love the stuff he did with the Hurt Business and, and as a singles. Uh, I, I think he did a killer job throughout. Um, but I love that I can look around at Sasha and Bianca and the Bobbies and Kofi and Woods and even like Cedric and the, and I love that it's not oh here are guys that or men and women that are being put in these positions simply to hit a certain number or certain quota. To me, when I look around, I I think man, these are just undeniable talents. These people, mm-hmm. these like black wrestlers who are given these opportunities in the championships, they it's just clear that they deserve these chances. And, uh, and that's what I love. I, I love that we've gotten to this point. And there are just so many more in the last several years um, on our rosters. And uh, I think it's pretty dope. Mm-hmm. 100%, man. It's, it's really cool to see. And last question for you. You mentioned last night and how quick it was and the celebration really was. I mean, you had the celebration after the match, but it was a quick turnaround. We're speaking at you know noon on Tuesday and you just drove to Brooklyn and all this other stuff. When you find the time, whenever that might be, how do you plan on celebrating your WWE championship victory? 
Oh man, for me, I'm I'm very boring. Honestly, I'm very boring and things are low key. My my idea of celebrating is just being able to to see my friends and my loved ones and uh, say thank you, man. I have I owe some people some FaceTime and some calls, uh, and I'm sure we'll do that. Uh, and that that's really the that's what fills me up. That's what makes me feel most whole and most fulfilled is just like people who have supported me and have, have cared for me for all these years, um, who are so genuinely excited for me uh means the world so that, that's that's all i really want to do is be around the people that i adore you love to see it that's awesome man and one last thing too big thanks on behalf of everyone everyone that i've seen you know show support for it for the podcast that you guys did yesterday on mental health it was the full episodes available on ww's youtube channel but um in honor of the the late great daphne i thought that was really cool for you guys to do well thank you man it's something that uh i think we all felt uh was appropriate and uh you know, for, for me, for so long, I felt this kind of just lingering shame if anyone knew, you know, how much I'd struggled with my mental health mm-hmm. and depression. But, you know, uh, I really feel blessed to be in this position, to have this platform. And if anyone can benefit at all from just hearing our stories and, and knowing, um, you know, our past struggles, um, it's not just me. You know, Kobe spoke to kind of some of his experiences uh, and, and Woods also with his struggles with, with mental health. So. Uh, my hope is that we can be uh, an example for others that, you know, you you can find peace, you can find success in your career, in your personal life, even though you struggle with your mental health. So, you know, I just hope we continue to have more of these conversations to break that stigma, that more people realize um, that you're not a burden, that you want to see you get the help you need. And, and deserve so um that that was just our our goal was just to continue that conversation mm-hmm. especially in our industry you know there are a lot of people who suffer in silence whether they be performers or fans um and, and it's just really been so heartwarming for the few you know we've had people reach out and say hey you saved us um mm-hmm. whether it was someone just randomly clicking through and, and seeing us and, and something about our performance or us putting a smile on their face and that's so incredibly rewarding because there are a lot of times that uh, you know entertainment was really an escape for me and if we can provide that for others as well uh, yeah we just want to do our part in uh, continuing that conversation that's awesome man well like i said we all appreciate it on behalf of everyone i got to thank you for that and uh this has been great dude thanks so much for the time you're the new wwe champion we look forward to seeing you every monday friday whatever brand you end up on as the new <laughs> wwe champion biggie thanks a lot man it's always such a pleasure talking to you congrats again you absolutely deserve it I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Big thanks to Big E for the time, as always. He's such a treat to talk to. But now we're going to transition into my conversation with Mr. Marceau talking about NXT 2.0 from this past week. Big E becoming WWE Champion, of course. Next week's AEW Dynamite Live from Arthur Ashe Stadium, the Grand Slam Edition, and so much more. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? Doing well, GSM. How are you? Doing great. I've been heavily anticipating the show with you because we have a lot to discuss. Obviously, Dynamite was last night. I thought it was a solid show. A lot of stuff announced for Grand Slam next week. We're going to get to that at the end, but first and foremost, we got a lot to discuss here between Biggie becoming the new WWE champion, but even more than that, because that's I, I think we're on the same page about that, and I think we're going to be on the same page about this as well, but I'm very anxious to get your overall thoughts on Tuesday's NXT 2.0. We've been talking about this for a while. Both of us agreed on Twitter the other day that we we're going to keep an open mind going into Tuesday. And uh, the end result of that show wasn't terrible. I didn't think it was amazing. I think it fell somewhere in the middle. But we're going to have a lot to say about that. But not to do it, we're, we're going to do an in-depth analysis of NXT here today. That's really what I'm looking forward to more than anything. 
Um, but to start off here, let's talk about Raw real quick. I thought it was a bit of a better show than usual just because they attempted to stack it. They had Priest and Jeff Hardy for the United States Championship. Obviously, the WWE title main event. And then to close out the show, Big E cashing in, money in the bank to become the new WWE champion. Um, so before we even get into each major moment from Monday night, your thoughts on the overall show. Was it better than usual? We went on kind of a rant about Raw last week. And despite all that they did to stack up the show between the advertised title match, the U.S. title match, the cash-in and everything else, they still did 1.6 million viewers. Now, I know football is back now, and the rating probably would have been worse had they not advertised that stuff in advance. And I say advance with quotation marks because they announced it like a day in advance. And in Big E's case, it was that earlier that day on Twitter. Um, but is all hope lost when it comes to Raw as far as like making it better? And just really what were your overall thoughts of Raw this week? Let's just say this, if uh, if the game on Monday was any kind of resemblance with Monday Night Football's going to look all season, that the WWE's in deep trouble. Amazing game, went to overtime, everything. We can we can discuss this off the air, but yeah, I mean, I, it's one of those things, I, I, I just, and it wasn't, in, nor, in, in, in past they've done the first week they normally do uh, like a 7 o'clock East Coast game and then they do a night, night uh, or West Coast game, so like they do usually take from 7 to... 1 a.m. up for for Monday Night Football, so usually that would probably kill them even more. But this year they just had the one game, and uh, I mean, 1.6 isn't terrible. It definitely isn't amazing. But going against the biggest sport in the country on big premiere night in Vegas for the first time, a marquee matchup. I mean, I can, I can understand why they struggled, and I feel like that's why every year when it comes to Raw, they do kind of dip and. Just everything, storylines, excitement, just because they know they're going against football, they're going to get killed in the ratings. People just kind of tune out for those few first few months. So I thought Raw was better than, like like you said, it was better than it normally is. They did do um, some good stuff on there. They did tease Big East cash in. So I thought, I thought the show was good, but going into football season, I think they will, even if they bring back fucking Luthaz, I think uh, they'll, be in, they'll be in deep trouble ratings-wise the rest of the season. <laughs> Luthes. Yeah, no, it's interesting because, again, they really did, at least at the very last minute, I'll, I'll mind you, but they did attempt to stack the show with a lot as much, with as much as possible to entice people to tune into the show. And they did do a, you know, compared to Thunderdome era numbers, it was decent. Compared to recent numbers they've been doing, I'm actually surprised the rating went up as much as it did, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, when they went back on the road in front of fans, I really didn't think the rating would change all that much. They were doing record low numbers, 1.3s, 1.5 millions, and now they're back, you know, up until this week anyway, up into the 1.8, 1.9 million, <clears throat> which I didn't think was possible. I thought those people were just, once they were gone, they were gone, but... Somehow they managed to get him back for at least a couple of months. I don't know if this is going to be a regular thing, like you said, if, the, if that's an indication of how Monday Night Football is going to be going forward. <clears throat> but when it comes to a show like Monday, and they really tried to do as much as possible, I, I kind of tend to worry, like, when they put the belt on Big E, you get a great moment like that. And we'll get into that in a second. But when it comes, I mean, again, I don't like to worry too much about the ratings. We've discussed this before, but as far as I go, like, I tune into the shows. I do my part. There's really nothing I can do to change that, so it is what it is. But do you worry that when they do something great like they did on Monday at the very end, that they see that rating and they're like, huh, maybe people don't want to see Biggie after all. And then they turn around and put the belt right back on a Lashley or an Orton or do something else dumb, like putting the belt on Goldberg. Like, do you worry about that, or do you think they're going to stay the course here and and, and not worry about the ratings too much affecting their major plans as far as the WWE Championship is concerned? I mean, at this point, they've committed, so 
I mean, it would be pretty stupid to just then take the belt off him, but they've done dumber stuff in the past. Mm-hmm. But at this point, you kind of got to ride ride the wave of what's going on. And then, I mean, you got to let it flush out a little bit. I mean, you can't just have it go against the most popular sport in our country and it's flagship night the first week and then get all upset about the ratings and then immediately just drop all the plans. I mean, you got to, at this point, once you commit to doing it, you kind of have to at least let it, like flesh out a little bit. I feel like that's one of their biggest issues. They see the ratings, oh, a bad rating, and they just immediately just go into a chaos mode and like a chicken with their head cut off, and they just start booking all this random stuff. And then the next week, we'll have the belt back on Drew again. So, I mean, you got to let it flush out a little bit. I mean, was the with what storyline was kind of going on? Like, I mean, Biggie was more teasing it was going to go against Roman Reigns, like he did it on Friday night. Like he teased. The, the briefcase with Heyman backstage, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh, no, he's going to crash on Raw. Like, clearly it was like a hot shot attempt to get a rating, and I think he was going to go to Raw anyways, but, like, it wasn't like he was even teasing like he was going to go on Raw and just, I don't know, I just, if you're going to do it, let it flush out, and you got, at, once you do it, you kind of got to let it go now. You can't just go back on it, because then it kind of makes the briefcase seem, like, like insignificant, I guess. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't think, you know, they're, I mean, talk about the briefcase being insignificant. I mean, it wouldn't be the first time you look at the last four or five winners they've had of this damn thing, and either they haven't cashed in successfully, or they lost it to someone else, or they cashed in and had a mediocre reign. Like, that happens quite a bit in WWE nowadays. As far as the men go, with the Mr. Money in the Banks and the Money in the Bank winners and whatever. <clears throat> so I hope they stay the course as far as Biggie goes and keeping the belt on him. Um, but talk to me about that a little bit. Your thoughts on Biggie announcing earlier in the day. He was going to cash in the contract. He did, uh, following what I thought was a good Orton-Lashley match for the WWE title. We got a new WWE champion in Big E, and it made for an amazing moment. The crowd reacted huge, and um, everyone seemed to be really happy. The reaction online was great. The only thing going into it, like me just being a traditionalist and just nitpicking it, I would have liked to have seen him cash in on Roman just because they've been teasing it, even long before the Heyman Big E stuff. They've been teasing him and Roman for, like, literally a year now. Like, going back and talking smack, they've been planting the seeds for Roman and Big E, who I don't think have ever had a one-on-one match before, for a very long time. Um, so I was looking forward to that at some point, but I guess if Big E isn't in their WrestleMania plans, he's not fighting Roman, and maybe it's The Rock instead, I worry what what's going to happen if The Rock can't make the show and what they do instead if Big E's not an option and The Rock can't be around and Big E's on Raw. Um, I guess we'll find out, but even still, at last, at least he cashed in successfully. People were really happy about it, and he's on Raw now. I think he was a better fit on SmackDown to kind of be on his own. But if they want the New Day back together at this point, whatever. Um, so, your thoughts on Biggie becoming the new WWE champion on Monday night? I mean, it was definitely a big moment. I mean, I think it's kind of hopefully signify like a different direction. I like Biggie. I, I mean, I kind of wish he did. I know, I understand they're not going to break up, but I wish he kind of distanced himself a little bit from the new day. I mean, at least the goofy stuff. I just feel like he just, he did break him off from the new day, but like he basically was the same guy the whole time. Like the goofy with the, like the rainbow colored stuff. And it just like, was like on his own. I kind of wish he broke off from that a little bit and kind of did his own thing. So we'll see what happens now. He's back with the new day and Ross. So we'll probably get more of that, unfortunately. But, um, Definitely surprising. Obviously, once they said he was going to cash, and I, I kind of figured he was going to win, but I'm more interested to see what they do with him now that he's champion. I mean, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, he's not losing to uh, Goldberg and Jetta. <laughs> I still think they're going to do Lashley and Goldberg at the pay-per-view, and uh, it's probably not going to be for the title, but come Extreme Rules next Sunday, do you think they're going to do Lashley and Big E for the championship? Uh, I mean, 
three-way with well. Orton. I don't know how that works exactly. Yeah, I don't. I mean, at the, I mean, Orton lost, so at that yeah. point, he might do him and Bobby. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I would just do a singles match. I mean, Lashley and MVP are still owed a shot of the Raw Tag Team titles. Knowing the company, they'll probably just forget all about it and not go back to it. Um, but we'll see come Monday night. But I hope they give him a nice, decent reign. It doesn't fix all of Raw's problems. But, and I think Lashley was having a great reign. But let's face it, too. We've discussed this before. If it wasn't Big E, and I wasn't saying that Big E should be the one to be Bobby, but I was also coming up with no names as far as who could be Bobby Lashley. I mean... I, I, was there really anyone else? If they didn't do what they did on Monday, or was there anyone else on that Raw roster? And maybe it could have been changed with the draft coming up next month. But was there anyone else on that roster that thought that really stood out to you as someone that could have beaten Bobby Lashley and ended his six-month reign as champion? The way that I was booked, I would say particularly now, I mean, Priest would probably be the only person I could actually consider beating him, and he's kind of tied up already with the United States stuff. And I don't know, I just feel like there's not really other other big-time babyface on Raw that I would see beating him. So I guess you got to agree with you on that point that I, I really didn't see anyone beating him. Yeah, so hopefully they give him a decent reign. He's champion for a while. They don't hot shot it right back on a Bobby. Um, yeah, I don't know. I really enjoyed what they did on Monday. I mean, I was a little surprised by it. It was def- it was absolutely the definition of hot shot booking. But in this case, they needed a shot in the arm for the show. It worked. Can they maintain the momentum? realistically, probably not, because this company, like you've said before, and like you literally said five minutes ago, they'll do something great like this, or like what we see at SummerSlam or whatever, and then the follow-up going into the fall season is just awful or non-existent. So um, we'll see what they do in the weeks and months ahead. Hopefully it can help Raw. It's not going to make Raw an infinitely better show. And not everything on Raw is terrible. Like, I really enjoyed Damian Priest as champion, and the RK Bro stuff is great. Uh, the women's division, they're constantly featured on the show, but I can't say I get two fucks about Shayna Baszler versus Nia Jax. I mean, honestly, can you give two shits about that? I'm kind of over Nia Jax at this point, unfortunately. I think it was over Nia Jax five years ago, but I mean, at this point, hopefully <laughs> Shayna just wins and we can move on from this, which I doubt she wins. Um, I mean, she eats more fucking pins in a bowling alley. It's ridiculous. I knew I'd pop you with that one, but... Oh, shit, Jason, that was good. She's definitely losing next week. I don't think we can uh, have any doubts about that whatsoever. But we got to talk about this as we transition from Raw into NXT on Tuesday. Again, a lot of thoughts on this, a lot of expectations going into it, how much better or worse it would be from the previous incarnation of NXT. I think we're on the same page in that we were looking forward to seeing what they would do. You were very optimistic. I was, uh, I was, I was keeping an open mind. I wasn't excited for but I wasn't dreading it either I was interested to see what they would do we saw what they did and it has some highlights it's not all terrible shit I think they did some stuff better and I think some stuff has promised but for a week one there's still a lot of stuff that has to uh be tweaked and worked out and fixed in the weeks and months ahead so let's just get the obvious out of the way your thoughts on the new presentation of NXT I think the colors are just too much but the arena itself I honestly love I think it's a vast improvement not only over the CWC setup they had before but also I mean I might get hate for this but over full sale I think it's a much better looking set than whatever we've had for the last 10 years at NXT I think it's a really cool looking set again colors aside no the set itself is great it's very it's different. It's like I feel like we usually get like the big ramp with the squared circle. With just like I feel like every presentation of wrestling is all kind of similar. So this kind of more of like a theater style like mm-hmm. setup. I actually like that a lot more. The colors, like you said, are kind of over the top and not really pleasing to the eye. But um, 
I thought the presentation itself was better than the CWC. I felt like I was in like a dungeon. I just <laughs> didn't care for it. Even the full sale. I, I like full sale, but I just feel like it was so dark in there. I just for I understand they want to be like, kind of like more grungy, but like the CWC was like legitimately like pitch black. I mean, mm-hmm. couldn't see it. And there's no plexiglass anymore either. Thank God. Oh, thank goodness. Thank God we're out of that era. They had that for a very long time. And at the beginning, it was innovative, but that, by like later, you know, late in the year, last year, or <clears throat> earlier this year, it was just ridiculous. So I'm glad they moved on from that. But the looking, the new looking set, I think, is awesome. I'm a big fan of it. Your thoughts on the opening match between LA Knight, and let me check my notes here, Braun Breaker is his name. The son, obviously, of Scott Steiner. If you listen to the guy cut a promo, which he did on this show. He sounds exactly like Scott Steiner. If you weren't looking at him, what'd you say? Where's Rick Steiner's kid? Did I say Scott Steiner? I think it is Rick Steiner's kid. I'm sorry. You're right. I get the Steiners mixed up. Um, He is a Steiner nonetheless, but if you weren't watching the show, you would think that it was a Steiner because he has the same cadence and voice and whatever, but they called him Braun Breaker. I mean, this name is fucking terrible. I I mean, even what they had before, even calling him Rick Steiner or Rick Steinbreaker, whatever they had before, he had a different name that wasn't Steiner. And I'm thinking, okay, that's different. That's not bad. This is just terrible. I mean, is, is it just because they got rid of Bronson Reed? They needed a Braun on the show? And uh, I think we'll get to the match in a second, but your thoughts on the new name for Braun Breaker? Because I think otherwise the guy looks like a star. Oh, the name is absolutely abysmal. I mean, I don't care if you call him Braun or Bronson. I think his real name is Bronson. Like his legitimate real name is Bronson. And then I saw that they were going to call him Rex Steiner. Rex, his last name is Rex Steiner in real okay. life. But how do you take the one thing away from the guy that people can associate him with? That's like calling Randy Orton like Randy Wrecker. Like, <laughs> yeah. Uh, like you're taking the one thing about him that people can relate to. Like we all know. Like I just I just don't understand when WWE does this stupid shit. Like just call him Braun or Bronson Steiner. Like keep Steiner. I don't even care. You call him fucking Billy Steiner. Like you gotta keep the one thing that people know about him. Braun Breaker is just a terrible name. That's a creative service or a Bruce Pritchard fucking name. It is awful. Or Johnny Ace. That's just a really bad name. I think it. I think he looked good. I mean, I haven't seen him wrestle before. I thought he looked good. I mean, LA Knight's a, a veteran, so he probably helped him out there, here and there from the small stuff. But I just don't understand why I take the guy's one identity away from him. Like, he's new. We know who he is, clearly. So why would you take the one thing that people can relate to and then give them a really stupid name? Yeah, that was dumb. I don't know if it's a copyright thing people are saying. I don't know if... If you can't call him Steiner, that's fine. But like Rex Steiner, like R-E-C-H and then Steiner as a full last name, I think would have worked perfectly fine, like you said. Or whatever name they had. If they were calling him, it can't be a copyright thing. Or maybe it is and they just realized it was and then they changed it. But I mean, we heard the report they were calling him Rex Steiner, R-E-X and then Steiner. So, I mean, why would you even give him that name if you had no intentions of him using it on TV? So, maybe they ran into an issue. I don't know. Um, but the new name sucks. It absolutely sounds like the first NXT with the game show. And, oh, my God. It, it sounds like a name out of OVW in 2003. Like, it's a terrible name. With the two Ks in there, it's stupid. Um, but, like you said, he did look great, though. I thought he had a great showing here. He actually beat LA Knight, which led to me led me thinking, okay, if we're going to get a substitute in this main event, maybe it's Braun Breaker because he just beat one of the guys in the match. And then, of course, it was some fucking rando that no one's ever heard of before, which we'll get to later on. But um, I, I do think Braun Breaker, and they're already setting up for big things because clearly he um, you know, confronted the NXT champion later on in the show. 
I see very big things in this guy's future. Same here. I just wish they changed his name. It's fucking terrible. <laughs> it's a deal breaker. It is a deal breaker. It's like it's just I just don't understand. I do, I I just don't I just don't get it. And I understand that sometimes they like want to get away from like the actual wrestling part, but like literally what makes this guy appealing to people is his like his lineage and his father and uncle. Like why would you just take him that away from him and then give him a stupid ass name? <laughs> I, honestly, it's one of those things. He, the name, I just kill it for me. I just, just do the right thing and just please. Yeah, hopefully it changes in time, especially as they begin to push him and develop him because that name is a, uh, it's a deal breaker. Like I said, it's fucking terrible. Um, but yeah, I think he's uh, got a lot of potential, and I was very surprised to see him win. He wasn't in the main event, which was weird, but we'll get to that later on. So we also had we had a lot of new people on the show, like a lot of new people. It wasn't just. You know, the Steiner kid. It was a lot of different people, including Josh Briggs, who was involved in the NXT Breakout Tournament, former Evolve champion, teaming with some guy named Brooks Jensen. Never fucking heard of this guy before. They lost to Imperium. Any thoughts on this outing? Uh, these two guys looked like two guys that were in wrestling school, and I couldn't have cared less about them. <laughs> uh, honestly, felt a wish for <laughs> Imperium if they lost to them. These guys looked very outlaw, and... They shouldn't be on national TV. They looked like Vince wanted a, uh, you know, Lance Cade, Trevor Murdoch 2.0 from 15 years ago. Give him a country gimmick and throw him out there. They were generic as fuck. I thought I was watching two calls from, like, the WWE video games, from the 2K games, the creator wrestlers. They were just very generic. I like Josh, I like Josh Briggs. I've seen him before. He's decent. Um, but this tag team just has no legs. Maybe they'll improve. I thought Honestly, I thought they would win here and, and Breaker would lose, but... They reversed the outcomes there. I was surprised Imperium won because they can never win for shit. So <clears throat> I was very surprised by that outcome. But yeah, maybe they'll improve. I'll, I'll give it some more time. We got BFAB um, getting her first taste of in-ring action against Katrina Cortez, the former Catalina, Carolina. They were calling her something else before. She was on Raw very briefly <clears throat> in late 2019 with Sin Cara and Andrade and Zelina Vega. Didn't stick around, obviously, but she's back in NXT now. This was like a minute long. Um, B-Fab was a little rough around the edges, but again, she's another one that I think has potential. I'm not going to completely shit. I mean, she, she could end up being a very abysmal professional wrestler, but I think so far, um, she's only had one or, I mean, this is her first match on the show. So she didn't look great, but I'm willing to give it more time because she has all the other components. She looks great. She can talk. She's got that charisma, that aura, that, you know, uh, star presence about her. And I'm digging the Legato versus Hit Row feud, so I'm willing to give this more time. But as far as the first match goes, it was kind of what you would expect. At least it was keep, at least it was kept on the shorter side. I will say that. No, I thought. I mean, it wasn't the greatest match I've ever seen of all time, but I didn't think it was horrible. Um, but yeah, she looked fine. Um, I think she has potential, and we'll see where it goes. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully, they can get her more reps and stuff like that. And I think the biggest problem with this NXT 2.0 and a lot of the people they're putting on the show is that currently, right now anyway, they don't have NXT house shows. And maybe they do, and I'm just completely you know, missing the boat here. Maybe they're bringing them back next month. I thought I read that at one point. But as of right now, a lot of these people are not getting reps beyond what we're seeing on the show. So people like her, people like Briggs and Jensen, like they would try this stuff out on the NXT house show loops in Florida, see if they get over, see if they're improving, and then put them on the, on the actual television show. If this is what it's going to be, and hopefully they'll improve the format, the show's going to fucking fail. As the third brand, it's just it's not even close. I mean, you can't have all these developmental people coming in at the exact same time, which we'll talk about at the end. 
But I do think these guys, or at least some of these people have potential, BFAB included, but you can't have them get all their exposure on the TV show. Some, definitely, but they need to be working outside of the show as well on house shows, which they don't currently have, which is a big a big problem right now. Um, but as far as speaking of people who have potential, Carmelo Hayes out next. Uh, Trick Williams was making his in-ring, de- or uh, his NXT TV debut alongside Carmelo Hayes. They had a talking segment talking about Carmelo's upcoming title shot at some point. Um, didn't specify what title he'd be going for, but he kind of addressed that before being interrupted by Duke Hudson, who was scheduled to be in a match, and that never happened. Carmelo Hayes attacked him, as did Trick Williams. A pretty basic segment, but as I tweeted the other day, and you agreed, uh, Carmelo Hayes, Duke Hudson as well, he's definitely more generic. He needs some more work, but um, I think he screams star as that Hayes. I think both guys have a very bright feature, like I said earlier. Um, and NXT, I think they're both very good, and I thought this was a solid segment. Yeah, no, I thought this was a good segment here. Um, Carmelo Hayes does scream star. Uh, Duke Hudson, eh, I feel like he could be a decent big man. I don't know if I'd say star, but Carmelo Hayes, is, uh, he has the look, the aura. I think he could be a big-time player. Trip Williams, I mean. Uh, promo was rough. His, pro- <laughs> his was promo rough. Was, a, was pretty bad. Um, but, I mean, if we're going full developmental, I mean, that's what's going to happen if you're not, like you said, having house shows and stuff like that. I thought he was fine. Uh I feel like Hayes could probably be better on his own, but uh, yeah. I think he, he has, a unpa- has a lot of untapped potential. Yeah, I mean, it could be an interesting act. I like the pairing, but um, it's not it's not your typical like big guy with little guy type pairing, so at least it's something different, and maybe they'll tag once in a while. Do you think he could cash in on the tag titles? I mean, I think Jordan Miles cashed in on the NXT Championship, but do you think anyone, do you think he'd be an absolute fool, I feel, if he cashed in on anything but the NXT Championship, right? Yeah, I mean, if you're not doing that, <laughs> that's like saying you got a chance to get the biggest lottery, but you go for the small one. Like, you got to go all, you got to go all the way. I mean, you got a championship match, like, why not take it? Yeah, it's just bizarre. I mean, I don't think they'll do that, but we'll see. Do you think he will cash in on the NXT Championship? And especially if it's not something undefeated, if, there, if it's not someone like that's completely dominant or, you know, like a Roman Reigns type thing. Like, it's not like that at all. And even we had Bobby Lashley as champion, and Biggie still cashed in on him, albeit when he wasn't looking, but, um, you know, kind of a last-minute thing. But still, like, I, I think Hayes would be an absolute moron if he didn't go after the championship. So we probably will see him uh, going for that gold at some point in the near future. Um, and I thought one of the better matches on the show, honestly, was the tag team match and the subsequent six-woman tag team match between Casey Catanzaro, Caden Carter, and then their partner, uh, Soray, taking on the team of Gigi Dolan, JC Jane, and Mandy Rose. I think they're going with the name Toxic Attraction, I think. I saw it online. They didn't say it on the show. Maybe they didn't. I missed it. But I'm pretty sure they're calling them the trio of tro- Toxic Attraction. That's what their name is. So I thought they had a good showing here. Mandy Rose sporting the new look with the uh, the brown hair. She's completely, you know, overhauled her entire look to kind of go with this new dark theme. I love this trio. I mean, I think I made that clear a week or two ago when we spoke about it. But I think her pairing up with Dolan and Jane, who's also green but can get better, um, is a great idea. And I thought this was a very well-wrestled match. Like, this is a match I want to see more of an NXT, not like the completely new green people. Like, Jane is green, but at least she's paired with people that have been around for a while and Dolan and Rose. And Dolan outside of WWE, but she's been wrestling for a number of years now. Um, but I thoroughly enjoyed this. I want to get your two cents on it. No, I thought it was good. I mean, not a big fan of Manny Rose's change. I mean, I guess it does go with the character more. I'm a, I, people don't know this. Big brunette guy. And, I don't know. She looked better blonde. I'm not going <laughs> to... But, 
No, I mean, I think her with Dolan and uh, Jane, like you said, I, I'm, I mean, it's different. It's not totally green people. I like Kenzar and, and Casey. I, I just feel like they, like, keep, like, acting like they're going to do something and never have. So we'll see what happens with them. Um, Saray, she's just kind of there. I don't really care much about her, but I think she's decent off the ring that she could probably help some of these younger, greener girls. So. We'll see what happens. Need more Cora Jade on TV, but I saw her in the in the wedding segment. So, we'll so that's it. who you were referring to when you texted me the other day. Yes, yes, yes. That's who I was talking about. So and then, literally, not even like a minute later was when they were doing like the backstage, like getting ready. And I'm like, yep, there she is. Yeah, and she had the beanie on. Yeah, she was involved with the segment. Um, where did you see her? Because she's only been on the show like maybe once or twice. I know she was on 205 Live, but I know you don't watch that. So I was curious where you first saw her. Maybe it was on Twitter or she something? She wrestled or? on NXT. I don't remember where she wrestled, but she wrestled. Maybe like Raquel, but... She faced... Uh, I know She had one match on TV like uh, three months ago against Kaya or Frankie or something, I know. Yeah, that's um, who it was. She faced Frankie Monet. Okay. I was curious why you were like coming out with the praise for her now <laughs> like three months later. So that's why I was curious where you saw her. But um, no, she's maybe. potential. Twitter too. Maybe that's what reminded me. Maybe I saw something on Twitter about her. Maybe, um, yeah. Oh, you know what? Actually, you may have seen her because she was involved in the Bachelorette segments last week. She was on the show last week as part of the Bachelorette stuff, I think. So. Okay. So, yeah. Well, she was in the, the, in the wedding bar. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, she has potential too. She's like I don't know, nineteen, twenty or something. I told you over text. She reminds me of Paige, obviously for the obvious comparison. Where not that she looks like her, but. She's younger, and she has black hair, and she kind of has that gothic vibe about her. But from what I've seen in her matches, and she was actually one of the people that wrestled on Dark last year a handful of times. Um, Syra, I forgot what her actual name was. Something black, I think. Uh, Maybe a mix. I I might be mixing up her name with, like, Paige's mom's real name because it's something similar to that, I think. But WWE ended up signing her, and hopefully they gave her more... uh, more, uh, you know, exposure and reps and stuff like that, too, because I think she has potential. But, again, we're, we're talking about a lot of new people here. That's basically what this review is, because NXT threw a lot of new people on the show. Some people that are ready, some people that are not. I think this guy is ready. I'm not going to give him the NXT championship tomorrow, but I do think Ridge Holland is absolutely a guy. Of all the new people, and maybe it's just by comparison. Like, he's been on TV for on and off for a year, year and a half now. He was also in NXT UK. Um, you know, he's a guy that I think of compared to everyone else, he's got some reps behind him. He's got experience. He's been facing experienced people. Um, you know, I've seen the comparisons to Brock Lesnar. I don't know if I'd go that far. I could see what people are referring to as far as like the, the ruthless aggression, so to speak that he has, but he's a guy to keep an eye on. Cause I think he can be a future star as well. Keep an eye on Jesus Christ. This guy's a monster. I love, <laughs> I, I just think the presentation, he's a big guy. I mean, if, if they, I mean, this is someone that when Vince watched NXT this week, he'd literally drool over. I think, I think he was um, running the show, right? So he, he must have seen him. No, I heard that Kevin Dunn was running the show, unfortunately. Okay, interesting. But, uh, but no, I mean, I think Rich Holland has a ton of potential. Um, I mean, I'm surprised he wasn't in the main event. I guess he is aligned with Pete Dunn, but I don't know. I feel like he could definitely be a big breakout star. Um, I know he just got back from the injury that he had uh, a few months ago, but, uh, no, I'm a big Ridge guy. I think he has a great look. He has a lot of potential, and he can definitely be a big-time player coming down the road. 100%. I think he's a guy that, uh, you know, they need more new big guys. They got rid of Bray Wyatt. They fired Braun Strowman, Big Show, and Mark Henry are gone. They've been retired for the most part for a while. Now Kane's not coming back, so on an active entering schedule. So he's a guy that they could build around as one of the new big guys. I mean, they have on Raw and SmackDown now. Uh, what's his name? Baba Toon, not Baba Toon Day. 
the fuck is his name? Dabakato. What's his new name? Commander Aziz, buddy. Commander Aziz. He's had so many names I don't remember yet. Commander Aziz and Omos uh, are very green. They've got potential, but they're very green. Even though I'm pretty sure Aziz has been there for like five years, but nonetheless. Um, I think Ridge Holland can fill one of those roles very well because I think he's uh, you know, he's coming up quickly. and he, He's improving. Like He was pretty green when he was on the show a year ago, but I think he's got a lot of potential. The Creed brothers, I think, are great, dude. I think they've got a lot of legitimacy behind them. WWE seems to be signing a lot of amateur wrestlers. I mean, between these guys, uh, the Steiner kid, and Gable Steveson, who they signed last week, I mean, they're really stocking up on the amateur people. And honestly, if you're going to be signing people outside of, like, the indie wrestling scene, those are the people that I would like to see more of in WWE because, I mean, their shit looks good. They're fucking hard hitters. And they look like two guys that could really go far if they really got behind them and they continue to improve. No, oh, the Creed brothers are great. Like you said, they just, I think especially when you're going after amateur wrestlers, like they, like they're athletic enough that like they can do the map based stuff and then you can teach them the other shit that they yep. need to know. Um, obviously if you're athletic enough, you can probably do the springboards and all that stuff up the top. But starting off with just like a shooter, basically, I, I mean, these guys are great and I think they're definitely sticking out, uh, with the diamond mines. Great to have Bivens as their mouthpiece and then. Roddy brings some legitimacy as well. And then the, the girl they debuted too, she's fucking ripped out of her mind. So yeah. interested to see what she's like in the ring as well. Yeah, Ivy Nile. She's been there for a while, I think. So I'm curious to see how well she does. But, uh, you know, I think this is a great get for Diamond Mine following the release of Tyler Rust last uh, last month or a month or two ago. Um, I think they're great for this group. And, uh, yeah, they just looked really, really good in this match. And unless they're an absolute charisma vacuum, like, I see no reason why these people can't be stars. Like, as far as amateur wrestlers go, if they have the basics down, like you said, you can teach them the other shit along the way. And I think so far they're off to a good start. And having Malcolm Bivens do the talking for him is even a better idea. Fatal 4-Way for the NXT Championship. Tommaso Ciampa, LA Knight, Pete Dunne, and Kyle O'Reilly were scheduled to go for the championship. Now, a lot has happened in the last seven days. Since we last spoke, obviously, on Sunday... Samoa Joe had to relinquish the championship due to injury. I guess it's the same injury. I guess it's concussion-related shit. He's only had one fucking match, so I can't imagine it was something that happened in that match. Maybe it was, and this guy just has awful luck, but that sucked. And then we got a fatal four-way on Tuesday. O'Reilly got attacked backstage by Ridge and Pete, um, which caused him to be replaced by none other than your favorite wrestler, Von Wagner, uh, making his grand debut here, you know, so critically acclaimed that no one knew who the fuck he was. Um, they put him in this match, made absolutely no sense. He wasn't terrible, but it's like, again, one of those guys that looked like he was ripped out of a creative wrestler in one of the WWE video games. Uh, that made absolutely no sense. That was a WWE main roster booking move that was fucking dumb. The match itself was fine, felt rushed, Ciampa won, cool moment. We had the wedding right after, so kind of got overshadowed by that. But uh, give me your thoughts and everything I just kind of mentioned. The Joe situation with the injury and we have a new NXT champion in Tommaso Ciampa, as well as the four-way, including Von Wagner. I mean, it sucks for Samoa Joe. I mean, if, I, I just feel like with concussions, I mean, I think it's one of those things, you get one of them, they just kind of, it's one of those injuries, you have one, it kind of can keep piling up. It's just like, I think you get one, it's just the better chance you get more and more and more. So, mm. if he has a concussion issue, I mean, it's definitely not good. Um, sucks, too, because I feel like he was just like, Going into the NXT 2.0, he's kind of going to be like the new face of the of the brand and kind of like that veteran that, I mean, it's, it's still a big enough name that people know who he is, so it definitely sucks in that aspect, but Von Wagner, dude, I couldn't even tell you who the hell this guy was. I thought he was Big Andy at first. <laughs> big uh-huh. Andy, oh my god. <laughs> 
But, like, it didn't make much sense. Like, you had Steiner beat... He's Steiner. I'm not calling him a stupid name. Yeah. Steiner beats LA Knight in the first match of the night, and he's in the big title match. You just assume, like, oh, like, then he, he's got to be the one that replaces him. And, like, hey, maybe he'll win. Like, beat LA Knight, maybe get another big win. Nope, they put this random guy that looks like Big Andy in. <laughs> and it, it just it fell flat. Just, no one knew who he was. And he didn't even get pinned. It's not like he was, he was even in there to get pinned to. L.A. Knight lost twice in one night. He lost in the opener, and he got pinned in the main event. What the fuck was the point of that? But it's not even like it's not even like they like had vignettes. I mean, the, another thing is, too, what they did pretty poorly is, like, the transition from regular NXT to this new 2.0 thing. Like, at least, like, give us a couple, like, a week or two of vignettes instead of giving us 30 in the same night. I mean... It wasn't like they, like, pumped up Von Wagner so people would even know who the hell he was. They just, like, walks into Regal's office, and he's like, yep, you're going to be the new uh, guy in the match. And people are like, okay. Like, it just <laughs> didn't make sense. And that's, a, that, I think, the biggest downfall that we discussed over text for the show was, like, they just try to introduce so many people at the first night. It's, like, hard to remember. And, I mean, you're a fucking savant with the names and shit. I just, I mean... They had so many people debuted or teased or had vignettes. I'm just like, I, I don't even know what the hell is going on. So they, they, they should have done a better job transitioning. I understand maybe the show was already in the can. They already had them taped or whatever. No, this, this was live. I know this was live, but I'm saying like in the past weeks. Oh, okay, okay. And they already had stuff planned. And I mean, I mean, it is what it is. But I mean, you should have gave people a little bit more heads up on these people instead of just like running 70 vignettes and be like, oh, this is this person. Oh, this is this person. It literally felt like Excalibur when he speed reads his notes on the factory. Like, oh, this is this guy, and this is what he does, and this is this person, this is what they do. Like, I don't know. I, I just thought that was kind of poorly done, especially with what happened in the beginning of the show when Steiner beat LA Knight. It kind of, I mean, it made sense to put him in there, but WWE doesn't make a lot of sense sometimes, so I guess that's why they didn't do it. Yeah. Thoughts on Ciampa becoming champion? Ciampa, I mean, if you're not going to put it on Joe, I mean, if Joe's going to lose the belt and you're going to keep it on a, on a veteran, um, that makes sense. I mean, Ciampa makes sense. I like Ciampa a lot. and He never lost it, it. I'm fine with it. Yeah, I was going to say, he never lost the belt anyways. And if you're going to take it off a guy that people like Samoa Joe, who's a well-known mm-hmm. name, Ciampa makes sense. And I think he deserved it. And I hope eventually he can get out of NXT. But if not, I guess he'll just stay <laughs> I thought it was But no, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Speaking of which, uh, two contract notes here per Fightful. Uh, Pete Dunn re-signing for WWE for three years, which I tweeted was a great move, and I think it is. I mean, honestly, I didn't really see him go. Oh, he's all elite. Like, I mean, for all these people that we say should go to AEW, or I should say to go to AEW, or this person should say to go, should, get, should go to AEW or whatever, like, and that one's makes sense. I don't think Pete Dunn, I feel, I feel like he'd be lost in the shuffle quicker than you could even mention his name. I, I don't think he would do well over there. I mean, he might do well, but they already have a million people. He doesn't need to go there, or really anywhere else. So I'm glad he's sticking around. And then Johnny Gargano's con- contract is rumored to be up, and I don't see him leaving either. I don't know if he should leave. I mean, NXT, is he's been there for literally ever. He's been there for six years at this point, but... I he going off of what you said about Cole, I would rather see them give him a shot on the main roster because it's not like with Cole, or I mean Cole to me, and already he he's a major star in AEW. I feel like if Gargano goes to AEW, he's not going to be a major star. He might not even be at the TNT title level. I feel like he'd be much better just staying off in WWE. So your thoughts on Dunn resigning and then Gargano uh, potentially resigning and what his future holds? I mean, for both guys, it makes sense to to resign. Um... Dunn especially, and then same with Gargano. I just think Cole's on a different level, unfortunately. I just think he was a bigger name coming in. 
a bigger name going out. I mean, he was basically on top his whole career in NXT. Gargano's been good as well, but I just feel like Cole has been basically, I mean, that's why I think him leaving is the biggest, like, blow to eight for two NXT. I feel like he was the guy the last, I don't know, three or four years that he was there, and then he just left and went right to their competitor. So, um, I, I, I get it. I just think that, I just, I don't know. I just think that Cargano, if he did go to AEW, he'd just get lost in the shuffle. And same with Don. I think Cole's just on a different level, so you can't really compare the two. Yeah, I mean, he came across like a star last night on a Dynamite. So it's it's just not the situation. It's not the same situation. Cole had more storyline possibilities. He's involved with the Elite. He just makes more sense. His girlfriend's over there. I mean, would he really leave Candice behind? Would she leave too? She's pregnant. Does that matter? Would she go to AEW? I think she'd be a great get for their women's division, but where does, where does that leave Johnny? That was the question. So, I don't know. I'd rather just see him stay put. And I mean, hey, let's get right into it. The wedding shit. I thought that closed out the show was great. I'm going to be honest with you. A lot of people hated this stuff for going into it. Maybe the segment itself. I didn't see the overall reaction. I absolutely loved it. I thought this was probably one of the best wrestling weddings I've seen. Far better than the Penelope Ford, Kip Sabian shit from last year, or yeah, from earlier this year. I thought that was a complete waste of time. The Rusev one was obviously terrible. We were there for that one. Still got my tux from Hartford uh, from the last Raw of 2019. No, I thought this was great, though. I thought Hartwell and Loomis played their roles well. Everyone played their roles well. Loomis finally spoke. Got a great reaction. They get married. No bullshit. No no interruptions. No nothing. I thought it was a straightforward, very entertaining wrestling wedding. I, I thoroughly enjoyed this. Yeah, this was good. I mean, for what wrestling weddings usually are, I thought this was probably one of the better ones. Um, not, I wouldn't say it was an amazing segment, but for what it was, it was good. Yeah, no, I think they made the right choice. And I tweeted, like, only in Vince McMahon's NXT would the wedding go on last over the title match. And, you know, I, this obviously got a better reaction. I'm, in retrospect, I'm okay with it. But at the very at the very least, though, they probably should have had the NXT title match open the show because putting it on right before the wedding was death. They got no time. They got like 10 minutes, maybe. Um, it was a total waste. They really should have just opened the show with it or saved it till next week. I mean, hey, it, 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 you, you want to talk about like matches you know, being moved and shit? They could have just moved this the next week because, hey, fuck it, Raquel and uh, uh, Frankie Monet, they canceled without even mentioning it. They didn't even mention it on the show that it was canceled. So, I mean, why not this? Who gives a shit, right? So, whatever. But, um, yeah, overall thoughts on the show, dude, and what they could be doing better for me I really like the set. I don't mind the idea of introducing fresh faces because NXT could use that. And that's not to say they were doing that before. I mean, we've already look at the roster that we have right now. Hartwell, they've only introduced within the last year. She is a fresh face. Uh, the Diamond Mind people are all fresh faces. Ridge Holland is a fresh face. I mean, it's not like they were having the same people on the show every week. I mean, Gargano's been there for 10 years. But beyond him and Champa and even Cole, who just recently left... They had new people coming in, so that wasn't really a problem. My issue is that they're bringing in new people that shouldn't be on TV right now, like you said earlier. Like, they don't have house shows. They don't have an NXT secondary program. They have 205 Live, but it, it doesn't hardly count. Um, that's, I think, the biggest thing going forward, dude. They got to do a better job of introducing all these people. Fucking Tony D'Angelo, the Chicago mobster. What the fuck is that? I mean, come on, man. What is this? I mean, at least it's a vignette, but it screams WWE 2008 bullshit. Like... I don't know. Um, yeah, you, you kind of mentioned it earlier, but I feel like they're trying to uh, attempt to introduce way too many people simultaneously. Well, yeah, they they like like I said, every every at every match you're introducing a new person. I felt like, and yeah, I just like I said, this is why you need to like plan and not just be like, oh, we're gonna change it, and then just like introduce all these 
brand new people. Like, just not how it works. So we'll see. I mean, I thought for the first show it was fine. It was passable. I mean, is what it is. I just, I think that they need to, like you said, do a better job introducing these people. And, yeah. I mean, I think they have talent there. They have enough that they can build up the top of the card and introduce these new people and make them seem important. But you can't just introduce 20 new people and think they're going to immediately get over. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, I completely agree. Hopefully they improve with that. The mobster guy literally screamed, uh, like, SmackDown 2005 during the <laughs> Was that Rene Dupree's brother? I was surprised. I was. He would be introduced, like, two weeks after, like, Deuce and Domino. Like, <laughs> Deuce and Domino for the other side Cherry. of the tracks. And Cherry. No oh, one, my one God, Cherry. Cherry. What happened to their careers? They completely, I mean, one of them joined Legacy for, like, a week. Sim Snuka. Then he almost killed The Undertaker, and he got canned, like, the week after that. Remember that? <laughs> terrible uh one last thing for you brother before i let you go uh no dynamite review there's really nothing to break down i mean they had a 2.0 moxley kingston match in the main event it is what it is the match was fine but i want to get your thoughts though on next week's arthur ash stadium show i really thought i mean listen i was there so i'm not complaining but a lot of people were saying they blew their load with the debuts at all out like oh they got to save some shit for new york city and i'm thinking that okay they're not going to really treat this like a big deal after all but then fast forward to last night they just announced a stacked lineup for Dynamite next week and Rampage next week. His last week's show did the lowest rating of any Rampage show to date, uh, even though it was headlined by, or, you know, advertised going in, uh, Pack and Andrade. It still did like 600,000 viewers, which is not good. And a lot of, I don't see many people talking about that. So they're clearly stacking that show with Punk's first TV match in over seven years. Cole's in there in a six-man tag. Great. Next Wednesday, they got Sting wrestling, they're doing the AEW women's title match, even though I don't think, unless I missed something, I did not see Britt Baker or Ruby Soho on the show last night, which was just weird, they wouldn't even mention that until the advertisement of the match, that's just bizarre to me, they, they're doing that next week, and obviously, moreover than anything else, Brian Danielson making his in-ring debut for the company against Kenny Omega, uh, I got mixed feelings about this, I could see it going either way, I'm not completely shitting on it, but I'm not going to say, oh, this is the most amazing decision ever. I want to get your thoughts on it. I kind of know where you're going to land with this, but I'm curious what your thoughts on it were. So, yeah, I mean, I didn't see Ruby or Britt on TV. I mean, the only woman I remember seeing on TV was, like, the Anna J segment, that random girl from The Actress. And I don't think they even had a women's match on the show unless I just zipped through it. I don't yeah, even remember. I, yeah, I don't think... They did. Oh, they did. They did. They did Jade Cargill and Layla Hirsch. It was, like, oh, five yeah, minutes. Yeah, 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 I forgot it was Jade, yeah. So, yep, but, yep, yep. I mean, I feel like Britt Baker's on every show, so I guess it might have been a little nice to have her off at least one week, so. Um, but, I mean, I think it's going to be, like, on paper, it's going to be a stat show. I mean, I just, I mean, obviously, it's not my business, so I really don't care, but I just feel like Omega and Brian, if you're going to do it, like, that's something you put, like, as a main event on, like, full gear. I mean, that you're going to make money off that. It's a money match, I mean. Yeah. It's for non-title as well, so it's like, are they going to like have like Omega lose or, I don't know, I feel like it's going to be shenanigans probably, unfortunately, which is terrible. I hate the shenanigans. I just feel like the way that's set up for like a non-title, there's going to be some shenanigans and then we'll start getting like trios and fucking 17-man tag matches out of it and they'll milk that as much as they can. I just, I don't know, I just like, I like the match, I think it's going to be a big match, I just feel like it's going to lead to shenanigans and... I just don't know why you'd really do it on free TV, but, I mean, FTR and Darby, I guess Sting will be there. I mean... He's in the match, yeah. I guess, I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of random, but we'll let it go. Um, 
I like FTR, but I don't want him losing a fucking sting in 2021. So yep, we'll yep. see what goes. Um, Cody Malachi, I mean, I already have my popcorn ready for Cody to win. Oh, I, I forgot about that. Yeah. I already have, that, <laughs> already have my popcorn popped already for that loss. <laughs> Britt and Ruby, I mean, I mean, I think Britt's going to win, unfortunately. But, I mean, I think Ruby's actually got a pretty good reaction. I mean, she's fine. I think if she loses, she's fine. Yeah, no, she is fine. I think people, I think she's one of those people that people care about. So, her losing is not a big deal. Um, what else did I miss? I don't know. Um, I thought there was one more. Oh, um, Moxley and uh, Kingston versus Suzuki and Archer. <laughs> don't care. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think you'd care about that. I'm one. just like, oh my god, Archer's a loser, and I don't even know the Suzuki guy. I thought it was Kenzo a few weeks ago. I so. think they're gonna win. I think. I mean, Archer hasn't won anything meaningful in a while. He held the U- uh, the uh, U.S. Japan title for like a week or two. Suzuki lost to Moxley, so they I feel like they have to win. If Moxley wins again, where do you even go with them? I just I mean it's nice short term booking. I don't know where you go long term with these guys. We've already seen Archer and Moxley like a million times, so I don't know. And then I guess on Rampage again like Jake Hager versus and Jericho against the men of the year. Is that on Rampage? I thought that was I think it's on Dynamite. It's on Rampage. Oh. This week or next week? Next week. Interesting. Okay. Who cares? I thought. I mean, I, I watched it this morning. I could have sworn it said next next week on. Uh, it is next week though. It's not this. I don't even know what they're doing on Rampage this week. They're doing Lucha Bros and Butcher and Blade, Anna J versus the Bunny. God, how do I know this shit? And then some. <laughs> uh, I just watched it this morning, so it is fresh in my mind. But yeah, yeah. Uh, the whole Dan Lambert stuff. Everyone like, oh my god, he's bringing all these MMA people. He's, the thing is, they're not going to do anything, so they're just there to look good. And <laughs> it was the party Scorpio. going out of there. Why is there like seven people out there? And I don't love Scorpio. I like Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page, just whatever. I like Dan Lambert a lot. I like the. I mean, there's a lot of people out there. Their agent, they're they're adding Paige Van Zandt out there last time. I'm like, oh, it's cool to see her. But then I'm like, why are there like 500 people out in the ring right now? Just as they stand there and do nothing. That was weird. But like Sky and Ethan Page, I'm I was over with them as 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 soon as the fucking um, Darby and Sting feud started and ended. I just. They shouldn't be a fucking tag team. They already have a million tag teams. They don't need to be a tag team. I don't. Page is fine. I think he's good. Sky is someone you could really. He's not getting any younger. I mean, start doing something with this guy. And they were for a while, and then they just moved away. He lost to Sean Spears, and that was it. So <laughs> I guess that was it for him. Yeah, I don't know. I just feel like the way that Dan Lambert talks, he's acting like he's got like a three hundred pound. Yeah, he's acting like he's got Wardlow as like his guy. He's got like two okay guys at best. I don't know. But they haven't like, won anything meaningful at all. Exactly, so no one cares. <laughs> or an app promo, like all these guys are pussies. Like we get it, but like it's not like I said, it's not like his clients like Wardlow or Powerhouse Hobbs, like yeah. some big guy that's not what like your typical like indie guy. I mean, well, if the MMA guys were wrestling, I'd be like, oh, this is interesting. Like I don't know if it can work. Oh. But what'd you say? They're not. <laughs> that's the thing. If they were, I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool, but they're not, so I don't really care. But no, I think the show next week will be good. Like I said, I already have the text. It's already. It's already it's already drafted. LOL, Cody. I already have set up. Like it's gonna. I already have time to send to you. That is awful, dude. That's I just gotta awful. call TK, get the timing down, and then I'll send it right to you. Get it drafted for You got that drafted for me, and then also you got the long term storytelling tweet prepped, right? Yeah, I mean that's that's. I mean, when Malachi loses one, two, three, I'll get that's long term storytelling. So. Yeah, that's awful. I can't excuse that. There are certain things I'll praise about this company. I think Malachi losing next week would be absolutely stupid. So I really hope they don't do it. I'm afraid they will. 
Um, we'll find out. I, think, I feel like it's the Brody-Cody situation all over again. Uh, I'm looking forward to it, though. Omega and Danielson, I agree with you to an extent. I mean, I think you could do it as Danielson's first match. I'm kind of okay with that, but at the same time, it's like, where does Paige fit in all of this? Like, does he come back the night of next week, and then they do the full gear match after Danielson loses? What do you do with him? Or do you have Danielson win, have him win all these matches in the next two months, and then he goes for the belt and he loses? But then I feel like it's the Christian Cage thing all over again, where you have him beat Omega and then lose the title match. I just... I don't know. I feel like that's too reminiscent of what they just did, I don't know, a month ago. So we'll see. I I have enough faith in them that they'll do the right thing. But I am looking forward to the match at the very least. I think it's going to be an awesome match. So that should be great. Hopefully no shenanigans, but I am expecting that, as you said. And that's going to do it, Mr. Marceau, for today's Wrestle Rant Radio. Great time as always, brother. Um, I look forward to next week breaking this all down, reviewing the Arthur Ashe Grand Slam edition of Dynamite. New episodes of Wrestle Rant Radio every single Thursday. WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Google Podcast, and Podbean. Mr. Marceau, brother, this has been awesome. I'll catch your ass next week, brother. Later.